Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Year Is with Red and Bobby. Welcome back to The Year Is podcast, a podcast where every episode... Me, Bobby Mayer, and my best friend, sometimes comedian... Red Richardson. We go back to a year in history. We talk about the most interesting, the weirdest, the most fucked up things from that year. And what year are we going back to this episode, Red? We're going back to 2010. So not not as far back as we've been. No, the time machine... Is broken. Yeah, so we're only going back 12 years. This is actually the closest, I think, to present day we've gone back, isn't it? It is. It is, yeah. I think we do have to start... We have to address uh, a controversy, an online controversy. Um, We've been accused of spreading misinformation, like all the big podcasters in the world. We've been accused of spreading misinformation by a a museum for a dead ship. Okay, so when Red says we, (laughs) what Red means is red. So we were doing the year 1455, and Red most very confidently did a whole segment about how in 1455 the mary rose sunk yeah henry the eighth ship yeah we didn't think about it, the fact that we had done 1547 yeah and that was when henry the eighth was in power and this was a hundred years before we didn't that didn't come into our minds at the time no uh but the mary rose a dead ship has a twitter account that has a lot more followers than i do which is depressing yeah it is. it's depressing to find out that a dead ship is killing it on Twitter. Yeah. And you're not. Um, so anyways, we tweeted the episode description for 1455, and then the Mary Rose replied and said, are you sure that the Mary Rose sunk in 1455? And I definitely was not sure. And then once I Googled it and found out that it was 1545, and Red is in fact an idiot... <laughs> Well, yeah. But, but you didn't give in. I didn't give in. They went for us on YouTube as well. I said, show us some evidence. I told them about my degree, and I said, what qualifications do you have? She said, I've run the Mary Rose Trust for 40 years. And I still wasn't convinced. I said, well, show us some evidence then. She sent me uh, a picture on Twitter. It was a painting of the Mary Rose sinking. Uh, I went through the archives, found my own bit of evidence, which I put on our Instagram, at the Ears Pod. And it was a picture of uh, the Mary Rose sinking in 1455. Some people say it's doctored. I think you can make your own minds up with the evidence presented by me and the Mary Rose Twitter Museum. Red, um, Red drew a picture of a ship and wrote 1455 <laughs> on it. Well, there was a man on the ship going, ah, we're sinking. 
which is I think I think is enough evidence. She sent me a picture, so why is hers any better? Anyway, we had a bit of a tit for tat. They put me on their Instagram page, shaming me. Um, so I'm now at war with um, a lady who runs the Mary Rose Trust Museum for four decades. <laughs> Do we know her name? I don't know. I don't even know if it's a woman. I don't know why I've assumed it's a woman. Wow. I know, that's bad. But anyway, um, so wow. yeah. Wow. Me and the Mary Rose are uh, in, a, in a blood feud, and uh, there can only be one winner, and it hasn't been resolved yet. The winner is the Mary Rose. <laughs> the loser is us. Though I do want to... I am a loser because of you. Can I confess something? Yes. So, I know this is a comedy podcast, but I Red's also... about to tell us all he's a pedophile. I know. No, I also, I also want people to learn. So, I did that on purpose to see if any of our listeners would point out I left this little trap. And they did. And so, I'm glad. I'm proud of you, the listeners... For knowing your stuff. It wasn't the listeners. It was the Twitter account of the Mary Rose. No one else knew. It's weird that she went for us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. She could have just pointed out. That was a vendetta there, wasn't it? I don't think it was a vendetta. I think it was... So- Listen, if you work at a museum for a ship, there's only so much you have to do every day. Yeah. And once 11.30 a.m. comes, you've done your things. <laughs> and you go on the internet and you think, well, 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 if there's one thing I know in life... It's yeah. when the Mary Rose sunk. That is the only <laughs> thing I've known for 40 years. And this don't know my man, kids birthdays. this disgusting, and this person, we don't actually know if they're a man or a woman. This person knows historians. They're in the world of historians. She works and in a gift shop and has a laptop. There's some bloated. Oh, come on. Mustached imposter <laughs> claiming a ship sunk a hundred years before it did. The thing is, in those times, a hundred years, what's the difference? It's all, it was like four, four centuries, right? There <laughs> but no you difference. can't, that is, the difference there is, is the no date. difference. It's not like I said that he had a fucking iPad on him. You know what I mean? It's just the same thing for like four centuries. Okay, but in this episode, so 2010, mm. are you sure everything I'm almost you are going to say what happened in 2010. And let's just say if I get it wrong, maybe I'm laying a little trap as a fun, you know, test for the listeners so they learn some stuff. It's funny that the Mary Rose quickly, uh, final thing on that, she she messaged me going, uh, I said, oh, you know, what are your qualifications? And I sent her a picture of the, my evidence of the boat and the man going, ah, we're sinking with the date written on the boat. And she said, oh, at least you're joking. You'd be surprised how many people I have to deal with that aren't. So I don't know if this woman spends her days. Just you don't arguing. even know it's a woman. I don't know if this person spends her days arguing with people who get the date of the Mary Rose wrong, but maybe she does. Um, the person does. There's some real inherent sexism here. No, I don't know why. I've just stuck you in my head. You assume it's a woman because it's an annoying person. No, I assume it's a woman because I think Mary Rose, I'd maybe, you know, but that's why I've associated it. You think this woman is the ship embodied into a... Yes. A person. The thing is, if it's a man... You'll fight him? No, he's killed people. Without a doubt. If, no. if a man dedicates his life to a ship... Here's what's and works in the gift no, shop. He's killed people. No, stop slandering the Mary Rose. We are in the history world now, right? You can't slander our peers. They're our competitors. No, they're not on our a competitors. quest for the truth. Well, they're really taking a, a like leaps and bounds ahead mm. of us. So here's what's going to happen, Red. You've made quite a few mistakes <laughs> on this podcast now, and you need to be punished. Okay. 
You need there has to be some punishment. Also, you call. You got everyone to write in about my appearance. We've yeah, already that done was that. your idea. It wasn't my idea. But we've so already done that. You convinced me that a a, a sword was a tinsel. Yeah. When it, another trap? No, when it's a foil. I you... hide little tricks for people. So okay, here's what's happening. When we go to on my tour mm. at, to Portsmouth yeah. in the third week of March, we're going to the Mary Rose Museum. Yeah, and I want to see the evidence. No. <laughs> here's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You are going to apologize. <laughs> to the to gift the, shop. To the gift shop. <laughs> okay. To the museum. Okay. You're going to make a donation. Yeah. And what so for? that... What, so the ship can sink again? Because if it wasn't for places like this, history would be dead and we wouldn't be able to do this podcast. Mm, okay. So... I'll go and apologize on the deck. I'll walk the plank, the broken plank of the Mary Rose. I don't think they probably let people on the plank. I feel like the wood wouldn't be that sturdy. <laughs> but... We can push you off a building. That's the same as walking the plank. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> well, you're going to be punished. The Mary Rose, not ISIS. This is an ISIS punishment. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well, that's, uh, we'll, we'll do that. When is that? The 25th of, of March. I believe so. Okay. Well, we'll see you then, Mary Rose, if you listen to this pod or you just scour it for mistakes. Um, either way. She doesn't have to scour the podcast for mistakes, Red. You put them on Twitter. <laughs> that was actually Jody. He trusted you. That was his mistake. I know, I know. That was his big mistake. Right. Well, 2010. 2010. 2010. This um, is the first year we've covered where there's a chance you could beat me up that year. Yes. I was 21. Um, was I 21 or 20? I can't, yeah, 21. Uh, just. I was 25. Yeah. I was benching 120 kilos. Um, Were you? Yeah. In the gym. Vest. Tank top. Um, yeah, I had, uh, I was actually mid-degree, history degree, learning my stuff. I was thinking about thumbing people's eyes at that point, so yeah. there's a chance you might have beat me, but also been blinded. That's true. I was, like, I was cracking the books and learning all the important information. At the time, I didn't think it was important, but now I realize, oh, it set me up to be, uh, a, be a podcaster. A historian. A historian, exactly. Um, but so 2010, in my, uh, in my research... I found out that on February the 10th, the Australian government is hit by cyber attacks from the freedom of expression activists following recent Australian pornography restrictions. So mm-hmm. a group of hackers, they hack into the uh, Australian government's uh, internet system and computer system. They hack into it and close it down for 50 minutes. Wait, uh, you're telling me a group of hackers a, hacked? A group of hackers hacked. But they're doing it to protest because the Australian government were trying to bring in porn filters. To sort of like sanitize porn and put restrictions on what you could watch. You mean filters like when you're on Snapchat or TikTok and they put like bunny ears on you? No, like not the filters government like, no. was like, we want everyone in porn to be bunnies. No, no. What they were saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if we are going to make porn in this country, we want it to be bunny porn. <laughs> put on a little bushy tail, put on some cute ears, and fuck. <laughs> that is the Australian way. Mate, I don't know how they talk. Yeah, they do say mate, but no, they were they wanted to like clean it up, so there was like less hardcore stuff and stuff like that. And Wait, lo- what did they want to get rid of? I want to know if I would have been one of these hackers. Oh my god! Okay, so they promised an internet filter which would block list uh, block a list of banned websites, including child abuse material and pornography. 
So obviously the child abuse one. Why are we grouping those two things? That's yeah, insane. I know. Completely what an different. insane thing to group together. Completely like fun-loving porn and child abuse. Yeah, exactly. So they wanted to sort of stop porn and they're grouping it with that. But this I is... like the idea that the hackers were like, listen, we don't care about the porn, but we would like to maintain our <laughs> child abuse. No, I think there was probably a lobby for that. But I also think there's a lobby for the other thing. Like you can't, you know, we're adults. Don't try and restrict what we yeah, can watch. Yeah, we want to watch people pee on each other. Mm-hmm. Let us watch people pee. Yeah, why is that any of your business? I pay my taxes. This is what American and uh, this is what Australian sex industry uh, thought was too too far with porn. Australian sex industry claims pornographic films are being rejected by censors because they star small-breasted women who could be confused as minors and appear underage. So <laughs> women with smaller boobs, the Australian government are like no, because there might be men out there pretending they're little boys, and we're not having that. I really do feel like both sides are right in this yeah. scenario. I feel like. That might be what's happening. And also, I don't know if you can legislate against that. There was this lady online, and she had a thing where she was like three foot ten. Yeah. She just stopped growing when she was ten mm-hmm. um, because of a, a gland issue. Yeah. Where's this going? <laughs> the problem is she's now like 30. Yeah. But she looks 10. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. And then it's hard for her to date because the thing is, anyone who really wants to, anyone who's like, I am so attracted to you, you're like, I I don't know if I'm actually the girl you want me to be. She can't go on like dating apps. No, you got oh, you got a question because she could, but also she can't go out with the ten year old either. <laughs> well, yes, we all know that, Red. <laughs> So she goes out with a paedophile or becomes a paedophile. Those are her only options. That's terrible. That's so bad. What what a horrible bind to be in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not good. Like, what would you do if you looked 10? I'd join a 10-year-old's football team. <laughs> and then I'd be fucking great and I'd sign a sponsorship with Nike. And they'd be like, this guy's amazing. No, I'd become a boxer, actually. <laughs> you just, and I just beat. smash people up, and then eight, and then and when it started to grow, about fourteen, when people could start beating me, I'd retire, and they make a Netflix doc. What happened to the great project? I went. I just didn't fancy it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would know. just remain fourteen forever. Coolest kid in school. I think I would. Um, if I just today looked ten, yeah, I think uh, I'd just live my life. What, how? I mean, they go, no, I just live my life. Instead of people thinking you've been stolen, they think you've been I'd get lost. on the tube and people would be like, are you okay? And yeah. I'd say, I'm fine. Why are you asking? <laughs> and they just think, that's a really mature 10-year-old. And I just walk around. Yeah. In every interaction I have, I'd leave and people would smile and say, that kid knows what he's doing. Yeah. And if another 10-year-old ever tried to bully me, yeah. I would thumb their eyes. Because <laughs> they'd be like, I'm going to push you and call you a loser. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to thumb your eyes and bite off your nose. I'm in this to win, kid. Funny thing is, is you wouldn't be that gifted a 10-year-old. It's not like you'd be a piano prodigy or like a maths guy or anything like that. No, that, I peaked really early, actually. Yeah. I, when I was 13, I remember they gave me all these tests, mm-hmm. like, like, into, like for my intellect. Mm-hmm. And on all the tests, it was like, you read at the same level as the average 32-year-old. Which, when you're, like, 12, you're like, I'm a genius. Yeah, I had that. But I haven't gotten any faster in 20 years, so now I'm 36 Mm. and just behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) That'd be so shameful. 
pretending to be 10 or looking 10 but actually being 36 and then going and taking like 11 plus and just getting a fine mark <laughs> <laughs> oh bobby's kind of smart <laughs> nothing exceptional <laughs> but so these guys what i find funny about it is clearly a load of men got together and were like you cannot take away our porn but they obviously didn't frame it like that. You know what I mean? Like, no, they frame it as a, what, a free, I assume a freedom of yeah, expression. Yeah. Like, first they do this. This isn't about the porn, honey. This is about the rest of it. It's about our children and, and rights. You know what I mean? It would have definitely been a slowly sad, pervy old dads <laughs> who have, uh, who have a, a, a garden shed with no tools in it, if you get what I'm saying. And, uh, and they, they all start marching. You cannot take this away. This is a freedom issue. This has nothing to do with the fact that I like to watch porn on my own in my garden shed. This is about human rights. But they released a statement. (laughs) This is what it said. No government should have the right to refuse its citizens access to information solely because they perceive it to be unwanted, the group said in an email. The Australian government will learn that one does not mess with our porn. (laughs) (laughs) And they did learn. They hacked into, I love all the injustices in the world, people dying, starvation, natural disasters, terrorism. Impending war. Impending war, cancer. And then someone threatens to, to slightly restrict Australia's porn and they, they fucking hack into the government and shut it down. Yeah, but I think, it's, I think they tried to do the same here. Mm. They were banning, it was just very specific things. They're like, well, you can't pee on each other. And it's like... But then they realized how unenforceable that is. Yeah, of course. Because you need some kind of czar who watched every porn movie and was like, oh, I see some pee. Yeah, yeah, Arrest yeah. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ban this video. There's no peeing, but... And then it just goes underground and gets worse. Well, underground. Mm. Where, where? How does the internet go underground? Dark web. Have you ever been on the dark web? No, never. I don't want to. What do you, why not? Because I don't want to click on the wrong thing. Like one minute you're buying some weed, the next you bought like a handgun and, and, and an eight-year-old boy <laughs> by mistake. Yeah, the dark web is, the dark web is the weirdest store mm. I've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. imagine just walking to a store and you're like, you can buy weed. Like, I like some weed. Great. They're like, oh, you can buy, uh, you can buy some liquor. Great. Do you want someone to kill your grandma? Wait, what store am I in? I think How I went down I the wrong it? aisle. Hey, come down this aisle and yeah. you can buy Jeffrey Epstein's uh, videos, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. See oh, what God. really happened. Oh, my God. Well, his mates just died. It's so sad. When they, suicide, wasn't it? It's so sad that mental these health is talk to people. It's really <laughs> tragic that the people who are running these sex trafficking rings mm. and have the videos and the all, links to all the really powerful people, most likely having sex with minors. It's just so sad that they keep killing themselves. I know. <laughs> Weirdly, in their cells. And he had tried before. He just couldn't find happiness. No. <laughs> A tragic loss. Ghislaine's probably not slept in two years. Yeah, gone, gone too soon. Well, their brother was complaining that they have cameras in her cell. Um, and he's like, oh, she's got no privacy. So I don't think she wants privacy. <laughs> she I really... think her brother doesn't really understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's happening? Hillary Clinton's got her cell key. On. <laughs> this is for my house. This is for my car. And this is Ghislaine's cell. <laughs> Um, what did you find, Bobby, in that year? It was only 12 years ago. Well, I remember 2010. I do too, yeah. Where was I? Thanks for asking. <laughs> I was a young buck. 
Yeah. 24, mm-hmm. 25. I decided to move to the UK. Is that when you moved? year for me. No, form, I moved 2011. 2010, I became homeless to save money. What, really? I was couch surfing. Okay. And a certain app started, mm. and it changed all of our lives. Okay. Instagram. Instagram. In 2010, God. Instagram started. 12 years old. I didn't get it till like 2018. I never thought what? an app could change my life that much. And how, has it, how, how has it changed it? I love looking at photos of acquaintances yeah. and thinking, oh, that looks nice. Yeah. Now that's hours of my day. Yeah, just scrolling. Scrolling and looking and thinking, oh, I didn't know they went there. Yeah. Oh, look, someone's making a lasagna. In the past, maybe I would have read some obscure Russian novel. Yeah. And I would have thought, this is, I feel like I'm really... Doing something. Doing something. I'm really bettering myself and getting a different perspective on the world. Not anymore. Now I know the names of someone, an acquaintance from school. I know the names of their kids and their dogs. Yeah. Which is insane. It's a better one than Twitter, and uh, TikTok to me is just too much. I feel too old for it. There's too much content on there. You don't know what to do? You don't know what to do. It feels like you're in Leicester Square or something. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Adverts. everyone's yelling at you. Well, just someone yelling and someone doing an impression of someone and someone you know yelling at a child who's trying to make a video of like them playing the bongos or something. Too much. But Instagram's quite nice. I like it because there's no political opinions on there. So everyone just puts pictures up and it's quite fun. Like Facebook just became a fucking rag for older people to argue with each other. Also, whenever you post on Facebook now, no one sees it. No, I don't. Like, they make, if they, if you want someone to see your Facebook post, you have to pay. Yeah. Otherwise, they show it to three people, and they're like, you gave us, if you give them money once, then they know. They're like, you gave us money a yeah, while yeah, ago. Yeah, you. You should give us money again, or else no one will ever see what you post, and you're invisible, and you're all alone. Don't you want to feel not alone? <laughs> Just give us 10 pounds a day for seven days and start a little campaign. <laughs> a campaign to end your own loneliness. Is it? Is, is are people still posting on Facebook? Yeah, it's still pretty mm. popular. Because I've deleted it like a year ago. I know you deleted Facebook and you mm. keep... I'm not mentioning the podcast, so no, I'm mentioning it now. To me, personally, you always say, no one's on Facebook anymore. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. well, clearly they are. I don't think they are. I really don't. I, I, I don't know anyone who's still using... Oh, I saw this on Facebook the other day. I think people use the Messenger service. Okay, yeah. We just use WhatsApp. We need to move away from it. Um, and Facebook's bought out Instagram, haven't they? And, and WhatsApp. And WhatsApp. So okay. What, what, what just happened there was a company success. Them buying those two companies was so validated by what you just said. Because you're like, I hate Facebook. I use WhatsApp and Instagram. Yeah. Which are also Facebook. Well, owned by Facebook, but they're better models. And Facebook realized that, and that's why they bought them out. Yeah. So it's not a, for you, it's not a moral issue. No, no, no. I just, Facebook got boring. It was suddenly like, you just get added by people you've never met before, and uh, and then they just post stuff. That's just like, there's always someone who's like some. I don't know about you, but I feel sexy on Facebook. I don't know too. Every time I'm on Facebook, every day, five gorgeous women mm-hmm. who usually live in other countries yeah. want to be my friends. Oh, really? Yeah, they just request my friendship, yeah. and then I check. And they're in online media the same way I am. <laughs> and we have lots in common. I usually don't speak to them. In fact, they want to be my friend. They're, and they're the only people somehow on 
Facebook, the only people who want to be my friend are gorgeous women. Women from other countries. And they have no other friends. They picked you especially. Yeah, yeah, they have no. Their accounts were started today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're obviously gone on there having seen you and were like, that's that's it. The fact that they started an account mm. just to even just get to know me. They always send a message mm. like, hi, how are you? And, and do they want like, to come visit you as well. Yeah, yeah. Just off I, the back of your pictures. If if, if well, I, I don't reply anymore, married mm. man. But <laughs> Lucky uh, when Harriet. I have re- once in a while, I'd replied because I didn't realize it was possibly a woman out for something. I'd say hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. Back, and then they say good. Yeah. Do you like webcamming? Yeah. And then I I realize, hmm, perhaps they're just so lonely that they want a friend on webcam i know a guy who i went to university with he we all got all my mates got messaged by this girl saying hey liked you at university never got the guts to talk to you complete bot just everyone had the kingston university in their bio so she targeted that she whoever behind (laughs) her targeted that a man in morocco yeah basically and was like anyway i got a message from this guy who's friends with the uni he's like how do you know this lady i'm like i don't i think she's a bot and he's like fuck's sake and i was like why and he goes i just transferred her money to a cab to <laughs> <laughs> he's like she told me she liked me at uni and never had the nerve to <laughs> and i just sent him a screenshot of the message and i was like what like this he's like yeah <laughs> how much did, and how he was did, like 30 something quid you know so not a huge but she got him you know <laughs> but how did it come up Hey, I liked your uni. Can you give me 30 quid? Well, I think he started talking like, oh, well, don't know, shame I never met you. She's like, I always watch you from afar. But, 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 like, oh, shame we never got to, you know, have sex. And he's like, well, we could. And she's like, well, if only I could get over to your house. It's 35 quid for the affair. <laughs> he's like, I thought I'd roll the dice because she was so hot. It's like, she doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, she exists. The thing is, some of the women don't even actually exist. Some of it, sometimes they, they just take someone's head and put it on someone else's of body. Course. It's just like a Frankenstein. Do you reckon one of these women that they use as pictures has ever just been confronted in the street like, you owe me a thousand pounds? Yes, that happens. So really? there's some. It's actually quite sad. So mm. women... It's not even funny. These women's pictures are stolen mm-hmm. and used on these profiles, and then they get recognized as these people. Yeah, and their identity is stolen and used in porn. It's horrible. Yeah, but do you know why they've been confronted by angry people that've been fleeced for ten grand with their face? No, it's more people <laughs> send the messages and be like, "I jerk off to you," and they're like, "Oh, oh thank no, you, yeah, thank you very much." It's such a weird. But the other weird thing is for the guys who have the sex chat. <laughs> You're just talking to another man. Yeah, you know it, what is, I mean? like, it is two straight men having. Yeah, it's it's real. Uh, it's weird. the same with the guys who catch pedos and spend like three weeks pretending to be a kid, whilst they're pretending to be a kid and they're both pretending to have. You know, they're both having sex. It's very bizarre. I the, think it's nice. The internet has not brought the best out of us. I don't think. Listen. Agree to disagree. Okay, fair enough. Agree to disagree. Well, it suits people like you. I don't know what that means. People who hate vitamin D and have disgusting habits. Agree to disagree. <laughs> it's just my favorite thing to say. Yeah, yeah, whenever. You just do it. <laughs> because so often you're in conversations, mm-hmm. especially now, where people say really righteous things mm-hmm. and... They just assume you're going to agree. And that's actually not even an interesting conversation. Yeah. So whatever political point they're on, they'll just be like, and that's why I just thought it is wrong. And I just say, agree 
to disagree. <laughs> and you see in the face, what? <laughs> and then I won't go into what I think, mm-hmm. but with my eyes, I say, I think the opposite of you. And I actually agree with them. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to give it to them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give it to you. If your idea of a good conversation is just us saying platitudes to each other that we both know are true, mm-hmm. it's so boring. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I get you. I get you. Look, I don't think my life has gotten better from social media, do you? No. Because people uh, talk about social media and they're like, oh, it's everything's so divided now because of uh, social media. So everyone's so polarized and everyone's so angry with each other because of social media. It's like, in a way, that's true. But then you go, well, what was the Second World War or the First World War? Or the Crusades, like, do you know what I mean? It was hardly like... <laughs> yeah, people always, people act like there was some, it was so harmonious before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I I think you're, the Crusades were people literally, and this is hundreds of years ago, being like, okay, we're all Christians, yeah. We would like it if those people were Christians, yeah, but they're not. No, we are going to go kill them. Yeah. And uh, and then there was also times when there was the children's crusades. So they're like, oh, kids today are too woke and opinionated. <laughs> oh, this is the most opinionated children have been. I think you're forgetting when groups of children, while well, they were forced to, uh, walk to other countries to kill people. Yeah, 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 of course. And like... You know, people go, oh, yeah, because of Twitter. It's like, well, we, before Twitter and people getting, like, kicked off Twitter, we used to boil people alive, you know? It's like, it's, it's just not gone as backward as everyone's saying, I don't think. I find the narrative that, like, things are always getting worse mm-hmm. a bit boring mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's not true. No. Like, statistically, you know, poverty is, like, lessening worldwide. Yeah. And, like, hunger is lessening worldwide. Of all that's true, but one thing that's definitely true about social media is we're, as a species, way more fucking embarrassing than we ever were before. Chronicled, you mean? Yeah, we just, it's awful. I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but yeah, the fact that, like, now that I have a child, social media actually comforts me. Why? Because I think, well, someday I will die, Mm -hmm. and then my daughter will miss me, and then she will go through all of my social media, and then think, eh. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe I spent enough time with them. Maybe that was enough. I find that comforting. I find it so comforting that, like, we've put so much out there yeah. that it is impossible to, like, have any kind of veneer now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some people manage it. Some people, their online personas are so, like, ironclad. But it's bullshit. I know, but then a detail of their life comes out and everyone's like, <laughs> Everyone's always giving a homeless man a tenner. It's like, well, why are they not? You know, you just think... Or like, oh, a bird fell out of its nest, and here it is on my kitchen table, and now it's flying again. Hey, why didn't you speak? No one ever just goes, oh, I got on the bus today, and a pregnant lady got on, I pretended I couldn't see her, and just looked out the window and put my headphones up, because you know, I'd had a long day. No one's ever honest. Because you go on Twitter, and you think everyone's Gandhi. You get on fucking public transport, you realize everyone's a piece of shit. I actually have quite nice experiences on public transport. That's probably because everyone stays away from you, because you look like they gouge their eyes out. 2010, uh, the iPad, Bobby, first released. I hate iPads. I'm glad you said that because I thought I was going to have a row here. I hate iPads too. What a horrible invention the iPad was. It's terrible. I'm not a phone. I'm not a laptop. I know. are you then? Whenever someone's like, oh, I'm going to do some work on my iPad. You're like, what? You mean you're going to try to type on that screen and then constantly hit the wrong button? Like an idiot. 
after 10 minutes just think oh just wait till my laptop comes back yeah from the shop ipads are for telling kids to shut up with you know what i mean you can yeah. hand them an ipad listen i'm fine with you i'm fine with giving an ipad to a child so you don't have to raise your child that yeah. is that is the extent of the ipad yeah otherwise it's a terrible invention <laughs> It's it's like do you want a giant phone you can't call anyone on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you can't really type, you can't really call. So oh, you can watch videos on it. It's like but I've, Yeah. Not. It's everything that sucks about a phone yeah, mixed yeah, yeah. with everything that sucks about a laptop and none of the good. And as you said, it's fine if you're giving it to kids just to shut them up. I get that completely. But don't market it at adults. And adults with it, my dad has one and he deletes everything by mistake. It's it's a useless piece of technology and if an app freezes mm-hmm. if you have a frozen app you can't even close the app you just have to restart the whole device yep. like they don't have a there's no mechanism for a, on a phone or an ipad to just like restart an app like you can on a laptop yeah yeah it's a horrific invention crap version of everything that already exists i the think whoever invented it should be shamed publicly yeah i agree they should yeah you know what should happen what they, their family yeah should be kidnapped <laughs> and they should be said listen you have to type at 50 words a minute for 10 minutes or else you'll never get to see your family again using an ipad using an ipad and then they start typing and after two minutes they say you know what i don't actually love them just take them away Oops, because this is impossible yeah. And not only do you have to type, you got to eat a buttery crumpet before you type. Yes. Because if you ever touch an iPad, your fingerprints are all over it. It's smeary and disgusting. And so even if you, you know, don't have that bad of hands, it's just, it's a mess. And then Harriet, who has an iPad, she's an iPad defender. She's like, oh, well, I've gotten an external keyboard for my iPad. I'm like, I also bought you a laptop. <laughs> yeah, yes. Now you've just made a laptop. You're making a shit laptop <laughs> that's slow and can't do anything good. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I googled uh, trying to find good things about iPods, uh, iPads. Sorry, what what have they iPod, done? iPad, iPads, iPod. What have they done good? I found one good thing. Okay, because I thought maybe someone's been shot in the heart and it hit their iPad. Okay, that's never happened. Um, but uh, um, Dad and his daughter. Uh, what year? In two twenty ten. Okay. Oh, wait, no, sorry, this isn't twenty ten. This is um, another fake fact from Red Richardson. This is actually November 17th, 2021. Imagine if the dad and daughter go, it took 11 years of the iPad existing for something good to happen. Yeah, why don't you go make out with the gift shop lady at the Mary Rose Museum, father and daughter whose lives were saved. Um, so they got in a plane crash um, and no one could find them. They used their iPad to somehow send off a signal saying, hey, we're fucked. Um, and so they were found, discovered. And so iPads don't just have games on them and pointless uh, <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> you can watch Shrek too. You can also, in the event of a plane crash, send off a signal. I'd rather they put a chip in my head. Yes. <laughs> I would rather have a chip in my head than buy an iPad. Of course. And they can just track me. 100%. Well, talking of tracking, Bobby, because that was the only positive about an iPad I could find. Underneath it, this is a this is a rather different take on the iPad and its legacy. A man is accused of fatally shooting both his wife and the man who she was having an affair with. And um, what year was this? This is 2021. So TikTok star's dad allegedly installed 
app on five-year-old's iPad to spy on his wife and then killed her and her lover. This is what iPads do. Yes. They hurt. They hurt people. So, you know, they saved two people in a plane crash, but then two people are dead as well. The universe giveth, Uh, the universe taketh away. Yeah, and it's classic iPad because you find something good about it and it's usually leveled out by something bad. Yes. So, you know, there's blood on your hands, Mr. iPad. Do you know what I'd do if I had billions? What? I would skeet shoot with iPads. That's the only thing. Huh? What's skeet shoot? Skeet shooting. What's that? It's when they throw something in the air and then you shoot it. Oh, shoot it. Yeah, yeah, like clay pigeon shooting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's good. That's what I'd do. I'd shoot iPads out of the air (laughs) and blow holes in them. (laughs) Blow them up. Well, there's definitely a landfill full of old shit iPads that's probably not doing great for our environment at the moment. A lot of wasted tech. Because I don't see them around much anymore. They're always some pointless things, you know? Red, everyone has an iPad. Do they? Yes. Jody, you got an iPad? Yeah, I've got an iPad, yeah. Does Rosie have an iPad? But Jody doesn't have a thyroid, so she's got an iPad. (laughs) (laughs) Rosie doesn't have an iPad, no. Harriet has an iPad. Yeah, yeah, That's two out of five. Okay, that's two out of five. 40% of the people we know. Yeah, that's true. We only know five people. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I got AirPods. And they were great for a month, and then they fucking break I as well. I hate talking to you when you're on your fucking AirPods. It just doesn't Because work. you call me, and you go, hello? And I'm like, I can't hear you. And you're like, oh, sorry, I'm on my headphones. It's like, yeah, I think the problem is your microphone is in your ear. Yeah, it doesn't work. So I can't, when, when you speak, I can't hear you, and you're walking down the street, and there's a bus honking the horn beside you, and then you're like, oh, fine, I'll just call you back and hold the phone to my ear. It's like, just do that in the first place. Why are you, why are you making everyone suffer because you are too lazy to hold a phone? Because in principle, it's so convenient, and it's, you know... In the adverts, they make it so convenient, but reality is like... It's do like you a want to car sound... phone from the 80s. Yeah, it's like, do you want to sound like you're in the middle of the Atlantic in a storm on a plank of wood calling me? Yes. Um, but no, they break instantly, like all tech uh, from Apple. Within two years, they're fucked. Which, and they're like 200 quid, so not worth it. Design something that works, please, because the idea of hands-free is incredible. What you could do is constantly wear a headset and have a mic go to your mouth. Yeah, that's quite Like cool. a Michael McIntyre mic. You look quite important then. You just walk around with that all the time. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> so that's a historian and impressionist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounded like a lot. Of, a like hundred you, years out, and slightly out with the voice as well. Totally, it sounded a lot like your impression of someone from Yorkshire on the last oh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Are we when we go up uh, north? We're going to try and find something historical to do. If you listen to the podcast and you're from up north, when me and Bobby are on tour up there, we're going to try and find something historical to do and get a little picture of it or something. I don't yeah. know. I suggested going to William Wilberforce's house in Hull, who abolished slavery. Well, helped. Um, we go to their museum, the gift shop, see if he's got any, got any stuff there we can buy. Wait, wait what do you think they sell at the uh, I Abolished Slavery <laughs> gift shop? Uh, like bolt cutters. <laughs> that makes sense. I'd wear a... I'd wear a... I'd just buy a t-shirt that said like i helped abolish slavery <laughs> yeah do something like that i wonder if the hull gift shop know the portsmouth uh, mary rose gift shop they're probably like yeah those people take it seriously yeah, fucking <laughs> don't fuck with them <laughs> they killed a man <laughs> 
Yeah, beat him to death with the skeleton of that dog that they found was on Mary Rose. <laughs> you think this is a fucking joke? <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. No, we definitely don't. After attacking our YouTube, Instagram, and our Twitter. Welcome to the Year Is Podcast. I host this alone now as my co-host been murdered by a museum. <laughs> he was made to... He was bound and tied to a chair and made to swallow a gift mug. He was killed the way Henry VIII would have killed him. Hung, drawn, and quartered. <laughs> well, that's the iPad. Sort yourself out, Apple. Because we've had enough. 2010, mm-hmm. Julian Assange leaked footage of a 2007 airstrike in Iraq titled Collateral Murder on the website WikiLeaks. No, and that's why he's still in prison. Well, yeah, yeah, the U.S. <laughs> are going to get him. Yeah, where is he now? Because he was in Ecuador in embassy. You went and shouted at him, didn't you, with a megaphone? I did, I did do that. Uh, that was when I worked for Russia Today. Uh, I don't know if anyone... <laughs> If anyone doesn't know, I had a year where I worked for Russia for Today. Putin, basically. This was before it was it was before the ama- Ukraine thing when we all thought Putin was a good guy. Wasn't no, he? I just didn't. <laughs> I just didn't think that much about it. A guy I knew had a show on Russia Today, and he's like, "Do you want to do a segment on this show every week?" And it was good money. Yeah, of course, and it was, was like, good money. You're working for Putin. <laughs> I, but I was like, okay, so I just did a segment, and I could do what I wanted, really. I'm sure yeah. you couldn't criticize Russia. Could <laughs> um, you not? No, of course not. <laughs> Once my director, my director, he made a he made a a segment where um there was like uh, at the end I was talking about uh Russian intelligence and then a sniper rifle kind of went on to my head. Jesus. Like the the red dot from the sniper rifle and then they were like you can't do this. No, 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 no. no. And I was like, like I said that. I had told him like I don't think we're going to be allowed to do this. But then I quit and I felt I did feel guilt. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. The day I was just young and broke. And then someone was like, do you want this money? money? And I was like, I do want money. Yeah. The day I started, the man who had founded Russia today. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but he was found dead. Um, It was (laughs) sad. He tragically died. He somehow bludgeoned his own face in. Yeah. Found uh, in his own suitcase having committed suicide. No, he just, his face was, he was beaten to death. With a hammer. Mm, I don't know what the item was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it was suicide, I'm assuming. It sounds like you did it. <laughs> You're making it sound like I you didn't get any it. Russian money. So that was how it started. I work exclusively for North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> Satirical comedy program. The whole time. But then once you're in this world of working for Russia today, it was quite interesting because it was like a political news show I was on. Mm-hmm. So then I'd meet all these people. Like, I met Farage. Of course you did. <laughs> he was a charming boy, too. Was he? That's the... It wasn't that he was char... Like, obviously, I disagree with everything Nigel Farage stands for. But when I met him, he has magnetism. Really? Like, I was in a room with him. I said, hi. And intellectually, I hate Nigel Farage. Mm. But I really wanted him to say hi back. Like, I wanted Nigel Farage to notice me. Yeah, and did he say hello? A little hello, but not enough. Oh, he teased you. Yeah. He showed you who the boss was. And then, because I'm not from here, so I don't know what a lot of people look like. And once I was in the green room waiting to go on the show, and there was a guy there, and I'm like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. He's like, I'm, Al- I'm Alistair. I was like, oh, cool. And he sits down, and then I'm talking to him for a while. <laughs> and I realize, and then click the name Alistair Campbell floated to my head, and I looked up and thought, Oh, this is Alistair Campbell, the architect of the Iraq War. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that as I was talking to him. 
But man, again, that guy, very charming. That'd be funny if you didn't know all these people and you're just new to British comedy. You just got a selfie with Farage and Campbell. <laughs> I know you wouldn't know. Having such fun in England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then wh- why did you quit? I did. I I just I didn't quit. They I think the show just they used me for a while, but then they wanted to do other things with the money. So they, you would probably still be doing it today. No, I wouldn't still be doing it today. <laughs> I just I. You made out you quit a minute ago. You didn't quit. You got fired. <laughs> I didn't get fired. I just they, they just I still came back. It just they it just stopped paying you and asking you to come yes, in. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, that's it. And so, what did you shout at Assange when you were outside his house? Well, at the time, Hillary and Trump were running for election for to be president, yeah. uh, and uh, Assange was in the news because he was. Well, they were saying he was leaking her emails or something. I can't remember the details. Mm. I don't want to get it wrong, but then. But it clearly wasn't just him. Like, it was like, yeah, it's yeah, clearly, it was bizarre. But they, so the Ecuadorian embassy cut off his Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt, I, I went there with a megaphone and just read him the internet. Fair enough. And it was just things that had happened on the internet that day. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I printed out like 200 pages of the internet and read Did it to him through a megaphone. It didn't go viral. It did well. It was in the Washington Post. So there's a man who's sort of uncovered government's biggest secrets, trying to expose the atrocities of the Iraq war, and he has to deal with a a Russian-backed, aspiring social media star comedian, Bobby Mayer. Well, Russia actually likes Assange, to be fair. Would you have gone and done this to Mandela when he was in prison in (laughs) in South Africa? I just really do want to say... (laughs) I do want to say... I, I regret working for Russia today. I bet you Putin watched that video and giggled. I really he ate tiger. I do regret it. <laughs> I don't think it was a great idea. <laughs> we all have a past, Bobby. Do you remember the Ecuadorian embassy talking about um, Assange? How he left? What, what a terrible guest he was. No, he was a, he was a shit guest for the Ecuadorian embassy. Okay. So they uh, they kicked him out for being a bad guest. Well, that's what they said. They were clearly well, pressured by the U.S. government. Maybe, but apparently he used to smear his own feces on the wall of the embassy. So while you were there shouting him, he's... I don't, I don't even know if I believe that. Why not? They had an interest in making him seem like a bad guest. Mm-hmm. That was the whole point. They mm-hmm. wanted to disparage the what, man. What, because the West wanted to disparage him? Yes. That's but, what someone who worked for Russia Today would say. I know that's the problem. <laughs> it's in the New York Post, Bobby. But he also, to be to be fair, Julian Assange also did bring to light war crimes. He did, but he also has no manners as a guest. This is the head of the embassy saying, we tolerate things like Assange putting feces on the embassy walls and other behaviors far from the minimum, far from the minimum respect that guests can have. But they ran out of patience with him and said he was a problem inherited from his predecessor. The patience of Ecuador has reached its limit on the behavior of Mr. Assange. They said he had the greasiest trousers they've ever seen and looked like a bag lady that walked in from the street. He refused to eat with anything but his hands. Um, And he smelled as if he hadn't bathed for days. He was alert but disheveled, like a bag lady walking in off the street wearing a dingy, light-coloured sport coat and cargo pants, dirty white shirt, beat-up sneakers and filthy white socks that collapsed around his ankles. So he, he didn't wash, didn't clean, but weird, he had Pamela Anderson after him. Do you remember that? She No, but actually that whole time he was married. 
So that was like a cover, I think, because he had he had secretly had children with this other woman. What in the embassy? Yes, he was. He was well, while he's covered in his own shit. That's the thing. I don't think he was covered in his own shit. I think that's just probably lies. No, it's just whistle blowing so sexy you can be just covered in your own feces and everyone loves it. Oh, I don't know. What's happened to WikiLeaks? It's still about. Well, I I feel like it's a lot. It's a difficult. Mm. With what's happening with Assange, for them to keep leaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just some, do you think someone else would take over from him? Well, it, no. But I, Assange is like the example. Like, if you do this, this is what this we is what will happens. do. To where you. is he now? Do you know? He's in. He's in England. Okay. In prison. Oh, I know where he is. He's in that prison with all the psychopaths, like the worst prison in England. Yeah, where he's he? with the fucking, like the top serial killers who get no. Um, they don't get. Um, yeah, the whole life without parole. The thing is. The conversation we're having right now is exactly what the, you know, we just talked about the war crimes for one second. Yeah. And then we focus on the man. Well, I'm more concerned by his hygiene than what we may or may not have done in Iraq, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, he's in, is it Belmarsh he's in? He's in a prison with like the worst of the worst this country has to offer. And... It's him and then this guy who, like, crashed his speedboat and killed a girl, and then everyone else is, like, fucking proper war criminals. It's like that horrible Levi Belfield, like, serial killers. I think it's Belmarsh. Yeah, Belmarsh. He had a stroke. Assange. Yeah, he had a stroke in uh, in uh, December last year. And his fiance blames extreme stress caused by U.S. extradition battle. I think, mm, maybe don't eat with your hands after you shatting them. Not the best thing for your health, is it? Leave the West alone. <laughs> I just like, I do love the West. It's like, listen, just let us commit our war crimes yeah. and never tell anyone. Yeah. The p- problem was Julian Assange is just an annoying guy. Yeah. Like, it's so convenient. Ima- yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine it's... he was just like a hot chick. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone believed this is the thing, it says a lot about my bath and hygiene problems, that it's like, he's like, look, we've killed innocent people. I'm like, yeah, but Panny hasn't had a bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> all it takes. Let's say, so. would you ever be a whistleblower? Yeah, 100%, but it depends what was in it for me. <laughs> I don't want to go to prison. But that's, sometimes you have to. Yeah, but could I, like, move to, like, another country and be protected and have, like, a swimming So, so wait, you wouldn't be Julian Assange. You'd be Edward Snowden. Yeah, why? what's he done then? He he leaked and then he moved to Russia. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, if I could do that, and I'd be treat- <laughs> if I was treated with respect, I'd want a seat on Putin's table. I want tickets to all the, like, underground fights they get to watch and I mean, stuff. By the like time that. this comes out, Putin will probably be killing people in Ukraine. And I'll look really bad. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so. Well, you're agreeing with him. I'm saying I worked for him. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he probably knows who you are. Please don't say that. <laughs> he probably, you're probably he his favorite comedian. He does not know who I am. <laughs> He's probably like, oh, I wish I could go see Bobby Mayer on tour in Hull, but I'm quite busy at the moment. <laughs> Would you do a private gig for him for 50 grand? No. Really not? No. Hmm. Uh, if I- no one else knew, apart from me. Here's the thing. Sometimes <laughs> when I'm on stage, yeah. if it's not going well, I lash out at the audience. Yes, yes, I've and seen I'm you. not really in control necessarily of what I'm saying. Yeah. That's not what I want to. And it would. I'm sure that entertaining Vladimir Putin and his cronies yeah. would be a tough gig. Yes, definitely. so I would prefer, for the sake of my own existence, to yeah. not do that. That's like when the Princess of Dubai 
saw me at Top Secret. <laughs> what? Yeah, that yeah. was funny. Um, and she got her bodyguard to come out. This is actually a true story. Uh, got a bodyguard to come get me, and because I'd like roasted her, and then found out she's Princess of Dubai, and then carried on like taking the piss out of her and her dad. Because I didn't really think of the extreme, you know, like Dubai. Oh, that's where the footballers go. And uh, yeah, I think what you also didn't know at the time maybe was two of her half sisters are missing. Yeah, well, they're just imprisoned in Dubai because they tried to escape. Of course, their father's tyranny. Of course, and there's a video of me which I'll never release, taking the piss out of her dad and her and her laughing. But she said to me, please don't release that. But was like, oh, you should come to Dubai and do a gig for me and my friends. And I was like, at first, like, oh, that's a cool idea. And you go, she'd be like, yeah, it'd be the same. We could do it like a roast style. And I'm like, yeah, you do like <laughs> three jokes. And then she'd be like, actually, this was funnier in English. I don't, not sure. And then you're like, oh, and another thing. And then suddenly you just dragged from behind and taken off. <laughs> I found out her dad has like slaves that he makes camel race each other. So I'm just thinking, like, in 40 years, you and Harry might go to Dubai having not seen or heard of me, and I'm just there on a camel <laughs> with a beard. Hello, Bobby. <laughs> we wondered what happened to you. You try and get me to escape and go, no, this is where I live now. <laughs> I thought you went back to Devon and quit comedy. No, camel racing. Yes, I I took the 50 grand for the Dubai princess's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I went to your funeral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd be fucking incinerated out and see. Because I watched the documentary. I went home and Googled her and watched the documentary about her sister on BBC Panorama. And it's fucking intimate. She got managed to escape. And then Indian like special forces circled her boat. Like, you know, like, yeah, yes. for Dubai. They intercepted her. It was intercepted horrible. Her. And it's like, look, I don't know what you were planning. You're like, your dad's worth billions of pounds. Well, she could have got to a country. What she was planning was to get to a country that would harbor her. Yeah. Where, though? Well, anywhere that I, I don't know enough. Any country that doesn't have a good, lots of, you know, for every country that likes Dubai, there are countries probably that don't have good relationships with Dubai. So you yeah. go somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when we do a Patreon, I can always release uh, the clip of me and the Princess <laughs> Dubai on that. But I'd need guarantees. <laughs> that we get some money for it and uh, and we can trust we, no one would leak. When we get to 100 Patriots, yeah. yeah, that's what we'll do. Snowden, if you're listening, don't fucking... Just keep it to yourself, all right? I like that on this episode so far, we have uh, talked about working for Russia today. Mm-hmm. You've talked about how um, you entertained a Dubai princess. Yeah. And twice, actually. She came twice, yeah. She came a second time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did she like it as much the second time? Yeah, she said she loves me. That's why they sat in the front row, because they like my comedy. <laughs> and, but it's weird in the video. She's like talking to a friend and going about my jokes. Like, why do you act like this? And I say, are you a princess? And she goes, yeah. And then I saw her bodyguards come in. I'm like, ooh. And you can see my face in the video. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like a guy looked like the mountain from Game of Thrones. <laughs> and when I took the picture with her, she's like, don't release the video or the picture online. I was like, okay. You know, thinking, of course, I'm going to fucking do that. Because I'll go viral. And then uh, her boy- bodyguard was like, seriously, don't. We can find out where you live. You know, <laughs> jokey, jokey. But it's like, no, you know. It's not a guy who could crush you with, the, with his hand. And just imagine being in my lift one day, having got like a thousand likes and like 500 retweets and just opening the door. And just like, <laughs> so not worth it. Or she dies because she's laughing about her dad who I'm taking the piss out yeah. of. And then you go, how many likes and hits is it worth 
having a woman die from my own viral, you know. That's what's terrifying about I'd these countries. Million, don't respect like they don't care about borders. No, they don't. You know, <laughs> no. you used to think like, ah, oh, well, I'm not in Dubai, it'll be fine. It's like, no, no, they'll come to you. Oh yeah, they'll get me on the number twelve with a fucking injection in my neck, and it'll take two <laughs> weeks for me to die, all well, because I wanted TikTok to love me. <laughs> I wanted to be famous for twenty minutes on Instagram. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. They'll fuck you up, burn your body. Do something weird with your ashes, you know? Yeah, and that's why I wouldn't do a live gig for them, because I know yeah. I would say the wrong thing. Of course, yeah, yeah. And if I, I don't mean to be racing each other on cameras <laughs> <laughs> for dictator's pleasure. <laughs> ru- ru- Russia versus Dubai! <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, yeah. you're, if you're a Russian dissident... <laughs> yeah. I think the camel race is probably like, wow, I've hit the jackpot oh, considering 100%. what they did to all my friends. Oh, we'd be in a dungeon recording a podcast and they're going, the year is, I don't know what day it is anymore. <laughs> uh, where the year is, who knows? <laughs> yeah. All I know is I have no teeth left and <laughs> they've taken Bobby's eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They make so- us fight for food. Some rich businessman. They're like, how do you like your new eyes? He's just like, they're good. But sometimes they just start crying for no reason. At night, I can hear Drake and Beyonce performing many levels above. (laughs) That's always funny when these performers take money from... Beyonce performed for Gaddafi and his kids. (laughs) And it's like, yas, queen, slay. Well, did you actually, that takes us into another thing that happened in 2010, mm-hmm. which was the Arab Spring began. Okay. Um, have you heard of the Arab Spring? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. I'm not, you know, 100%. I don't know much, as much about the Arab Spring as I know about the Mary Rose. Uh, <laughs> which, well, the funny thing about that episode is it starts with you going, this is the this is the year you know loads about. <laughs> so I'm going to let you take the reins. <laughs> me? No, you said that to me at the beginning of fourteen. Yeah, you don't know anything. Okay, go on. Mer- um, go on. No, man. Arab Spring. Okay, so the Arab Spring started yeah. in December of 2010. Yeah. And what happened was a, name, a man named Mohammed Bouazizi, mm-hmm. who was a street vendor in Tunisia, he was sick of his being harassed. So he lit himself on fire. Street vendor? Like, you know, he had like a a stall. And what was he being harassed for? The the government just like, were just, the local council was just like harassing him, taking his shit, treating him badly. What was stealing like his necklaces that he was selling and stuff? Well, he lit himself on fire and died. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, but that seems like extreme. But it was like a reaction to his entire life just being under the thumb of the government. Yeah, 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 okay. And the whole country and the whole area just being under the thumb of their governments. And this one man had just had enough. Yeah. So he lit himself on fire. Yeah. And then everyone in the Middle East was like, yeah, fuck this. Okay. And revolution just broke out everywhere. Five dictators were toppled. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which was, it was, uh... Well, Gaddafi... Libya, Egypt, Yemen, Syria, and Bahrain. Well, Syria's still there, isn't he? Assad's hanging on like a fucking... It did. <laughs> He's hanging on like... <laughs> it didn't work out for him. 
Yeah. But yeah, it, they didn't quite topple Assad. He's still there. They tried. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Libya, I just listened to like a long podcast mm. about Gaddafi. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't listened to real dictators, go listen to oh, real dictators. Idi mean they've got Hitler. Yeah. Gaddafi was up to some... The thing is, when he got in power, it was a bloodless coup. Okay. And for the first year or two, people were like, who is this guy? He's not so bad. Mm-hmm. And then he just started murdering people. Of course, yeah. I mean, Gaddafi did so many crazy things. Yeah. That it's kind of well, like, like... Kanye crazy or like yes, killing he was like crazy. Ka- <laughs> he was Kanye if Kanye got to be in charge. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. who Muammar Gaddafi is. Which is every is. dictator, actually, I think, yeah. is Kanye. Um, he lived in a bulletproof tent. I, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Didn't even, because he was uh, from a Bedouin tribe, which is a, uh, you know, a tribe in Libya, and mm. they live in tents, so kind of, he always liked to push his Bedouin heritage, so he just... Wherever he went, he'd bring his tent. I bet you it wasn't a tent. You know what I mean? Like what we think. But a it tent was is. a t- it was a tent in the sense that they set it up in New York when he went to the UN in 2011. What really? Yeah. Can we just Google it? Sorry, I want to see what it looks like. Gaddafi's tent, New York. Oh yeah, it comes straight. Up. Oh, it is a tent. <laughs> well, that's why I said a tent. Well, I, I thought by tent you meant oh, it's a bit like no, it's a like, bulletproof tent, which I didn't know you could make. <laughs> No way. That's incredible. I don't know where you get one. If yeah. I was if I was whoever made that in Libya, I'd be like selling them internationally because I'd love a bulletproof tent. God. And it's saying that American officials are stuck in a bind over calls to prevent Libyan leader Muhammad, Muammar Gaddafi from pitching a tent near angry relatives of the Lockerbie bombings on his up-and-coming New York trip. So, yeah, he's just one of those guests who turns up with a tent. Yeah. Yeah, no like, you know way. how when you throw a party, you're like, hey, we're having a party. If anyone wants to camp, they can. But what they you mean is just leave. Just fuck off. And then just someone get, turns up. That's Gaddafi. Gaddafi's like, I brought my bulletproof tent. And yeah. you're like, oh, come on. It's always someone with a kid that you didn't know they had. And just they're like, yeah, I've got him for the weekend. Can you look after him? You're like, what? Yeah. You didn't bring sandwiches for him? The kid's weird. Always, always. So what sort of crazy stunts did he pull apart from... Uh... Um, he had an all-female virgin bodyguard regimen. Really? Yeah. No offense, but that's probably why he ended up being kicked to death in the street. <laughs> no, well... <laughs> I don't mean to be... Just like when he went internationally, he had a, a, his bodyguards were all women. Yeah, okay. Which, actually, for a strict Muslim country, was oddly progressive that's and bizarre. Like, Libyans didn't really like it. But he just did it to get attention. It's progressive, but I guarantee you the reason for it was that he'd make them all circle him and he'd go, people are less likely to shoot through women who are virgins for some reason than they are through uh, men. I feel like with the amount of people Gaddafi murdered, you wouldn't mind shooting through a few women. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to sellotape four babies around my head. <laughs> it wouldn't have protected them. He was That's a, my protection. I mean, he was a monster man. Like Abu Salim, which was a prison in Libya... Mm. In 1996, uh, the prisoners started rioting. Mm-hmm. And not, not even rioting, just saying, hey, we want some more rights. We'd like to go outside once. Yep. Uh, we'd like to see our family. You know, they just wanted normal rights. They're all political. Pri- a lot of them were political prisoners. Yep. And um, instead of giving them anything that they asked for, they lured them into the courtyard and killed 1,270 people. Yeah, that's a lot. They just killed all of these people. And then for 20 years, 
the families of these people would still bring packages to the prison because they covered up that they had murdered them. So everyone thought these people were still in this prison. And then once they found out that they weren't, that was what brought him down. Oh, really? Yes, because Uh. there was just anger. And it was still, um, they, the movement that brought him down organized what was called a day of rage. And Uh, they said it was a day of rage because of, a publication of the Prophet Muhammad, like a drawing. Mm-hmm. So that's how they covered it up. But when this day of rage started, everyone was very angry. Yeah, so well, day of rage sounds like it. And uh, they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And then they started a revolution and a war, and Gaddafi eventually got kicked to death in the street. In, in the street, which is kind of how all dictators deserve to die. Do you know what I mean? By the people in the street running like a dog. Um, <laughs> sorry if that sounded too brutal. It's funny, though, what in Beyonce's message inspired him to pay three million pounds to get her to come and perform for him? Like the single ladies. <laughs> three million is different, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an amount. I just know, but what in Beyonce does he like? You know what I mean? If you're like the sort of guy who lures people by the thousands to their deaths, what is it about Beyonce's songs? They're pretty touchy. They're pretty catchy. I don't yeah, think, I know. But... I don't think you have to be not a genocidal murderer to enjoy Beyonce. Yes, but... No, it's just weird. You know, he's like listening to Halo whilst... whilst... He wasn't killing all the time. No. But what was he... bizarre was it was a bloodless coup, and then he said... But he said it was a constant revolution. Mm-hmm. So... There was always a revolution happening, even though he was just leading a country and, like, you know, getting more and more power and stealing money. Like, I think he died the richest man in the world because he just stole all the oil money that Libya had. Like, Libya had tons of oil. Okay. And the people of Libya were fucking not doing well, and he was doing really well. His son, did you know his son was a professional footballer? Yeah, but like not really. You know, no. he got his dad would give grants to all these. Yeah, they clubs. paid for him to play football. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Escobar was a footballer, or he used to play football with people and score hat tricks every time. Um, yeah, also he gave loads of money to London School of Economics, didn't he? He hated London, though. He hated Britain. He he came here uh, for when he was studying okay didn't like it but he he, i mean he probably did he just it's just pr campaigns you know yeah well his son went and got like a phd from the from the lsc it's a huge scandal they put loads of money uh so it was funded by Gaddafi, basically on the school for quite a bit also the most interesting i found out was uh mandela was always hesitant to say anything negative about Gaddafi Mm -hmm. because Gaddafi was one of the first supporters of the anc okay and because of Gaddafi. He gave a lot of money to the ANC over the years and kept because he loved revolutions. Ah. So obviously that was a correct revolution. Ending apartheid is great. Mm-hmm. So, but he gave a lot of money to that, and he funded Mandela's election campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. he ran for president, okay, of South Africa. So Mandela found it difficult. A lot of people thought that was his one blind spot was Gaddafi. Yeah, but I can understand. Yeah, I mean, we can understand where he was coming from. Like the West had turned their back on him. Weren't you know? Yeah, we're treating yeah, him like yeah. shit, and this one guy helped him. So it's like, yeah, he's not gonna. No, no, of course. Imagine uh, being the the kid who inherits all of Gaddafi's money. I doubt that happened, but <laughs> I, I think it was split amongst split, a lot of yeah. rebel factions. But imagine if it was just bounded by law, and you're like, well, sorry guys, you know, I now have a three hundred billion. Um, 
Am I proud of where it came from? Not really. But am I going to give it away? Definitely not. I'm going to try to do some good with it. That's yeah. what people always say. Yeah. Now that I have billions from others suffering, I'm going to try to do some good with yeah. my money. This money came from uh, blood spilling and division. And I think I'm going to resolve that by moving to Thailand. Yes. <laughs> and uh, dating Paris Hilton, which I think will bring everyone together. Okay. <laughs> Final segment, yep. <laughs> Dick of the Year. I think it has to go to Gaddafi. Uh, I think Gaddafi, fair enough. Muammar but Gaddafi is Gaddafi. Dick of the Year. He is Dick of the Year. Uh, because the Arab Spring started in 2010 while he was in power, which later toppled him. Yeah. And he is Dick of the Year for murdering 1,270 people in a prison. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And hiring Beyonce to... Not with his own hands. That would take a long time. Yeah. And also, why not just put on a concert with Beyonce for the whole country, where you pay and go, it's free for everyone, you know? So, no, just for me. Well, I mean, that wasn't really his style. No, it wasn't, was it? (laughs) I don't think that's how he thought. Okay, well, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening, watching. We appreciate all the feedback. And we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. That was another episode of The Year Is. Thank you very much for listening. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. It all helps. I'd like to thank our producer, Jody, And also, I'd like to thank uh, Josh Weller for our intro music and song. It's, uh, it's very catchy. It's very nice. I'm sure you will enjoy it at the beginning. So big thanks for Josh Weller. He's on Instagram at Josh Weller. Josh Weller. Follow him and uh, keep spreading the word of The Year Is. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.